Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't, I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When, when did that or when did that happen? Or when we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies. But it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we smash a lot of tables as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2, one sunglasses removing minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli, and I hate tables. <laughs> I'm John Engel, and I'm thankful for the table I have in front of me that's holding up my microphone. Oh, if I have to smash it, I don't know what I'll, I'll do, guys. So I might have to well, we can, uh, can hold off on that for a bit. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us, John. You're back for Minute 92 today, which is the minute that begins with Peter and MJ standing up after the car comes to rest in the, in the deli, cafe, whatever this is. And it ends with Otto throwing Peter across the room and into a wall. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of suspect decisions on Otto's part uh, around these. <laughs> he threw a car at a human being and thought that was a good idea. Uh, Here's my question. This is why okay. I, I definitely want to talk about this too, because obviously any rational person whose mission is to find a person and ask them to do something for them, uh, their plan should not be to kill that person first, right? So you don't throw so, yeah. right, you don't throw a car at the guy whose information you need. Like he has information. Solid starting point. Yeah. My question is, did Otto throw the car or did, I might be reading too much into this, but, or did the, Mm. did the tentacles throw the, how much control does he have over his actions? Well, we have, we have sort of settled into the idea that the communication between the arms and Otto is just sort of like a, like a swinging door with like a broken hinge because it the arms know things that they shouldn't be able to know, like the concept of value, money, <laughs> and the concept of stealing money. Um, those arms have no business knowing that that you know any any of those concepts, what any of that would even mean. Mm-hmm. So, in order for them to have uh, basically you know suggested to Otto, 
you need to steal money so we can buy the equipment that we need to rebuild our experiment. It seems to us, I think, that the arms are just his id Mm -hmm. um, and that they are doing things that he wants to do. But normally he would say like, no, 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 I can't. I can't do that. That is not a way that, uh, you know, a uh, normal human being acts and thinks that's that's not what I should do. But the the arms have taken all of that and are just sort of being his id. So the real question is like, uh, you know, did Otto, did Dr. Octopus, was he aware that the arms were going to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, even if it had, like, if it had crossed his mind, like, I should just throw a car in there. <laughs> did the arms just, like, immediately do it? Yes. Just because, <laughs> yeah, like, just because they're like, well, he thought, like, maybe, you know, like, I, but no I, don't, filter. I don't know. Like, yeah. Right. I feel like they are a non-filter. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's sort of what the arms are. I don't think that the arms actually think on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond like influencing him to be more reckless and violent. I don't think mm-hmm. I, I think they're 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 poisoning his thought process in that way, but I don't think they themselves have a full sentient consciousness that, you know, knows how economics work because Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. I mean <laughs> I think that there's just a conduit. It's a back and forth flow of power. Like his intellectual power flows in, and mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know what, what to say though. Like, is do they have desire of some kind? Like, did they have a mission that they're trying to fulfill? That's what, or do they just function off of his deepest desires and 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 yeah, like the most base, like primal thoughts. They they'll act mm-hmm. out because they're fully slaved to him. You know. Uh, I, I think it's that I think it's the second one, because the 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 moment that really made Zach and I be like, oh, that's what's going on here is there is a moment where he uh, when he's contemplating suicide um, after after escaping into like his uh, his hideout and he's there for the first time, mm-hmm. like when the arms first start talking to him mm-hmm. uh, and he's sitting there looking at the the water. And he's saying these monstrous things belong in the river and they they have no reaction. And then he says, and so do I. And then that's when they react like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's not. So like they have no self-preservation of their own. But when he says I belong in the river, that's when they react. And that's why we think that they really don't have their own self-sentience, you know, like they. They have no they have no concept of themselves. They are just uh, part of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are sort of poisoning, like Zach said, they're poisoning his thought process. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, also because yeah. they, you know, they're what did they say earlier? They're invulnerable to heat and magnetism. And we've seen them like go through water and be fine. Like the the. Or, or when the the car was coming at Otto and they rose up to to stop him from being hurt instead of themselves, because right. like they're almost invulnerable machines, they'll be fine. They're worried about his best interests, and right. the only thing they were built to do was do this fusion experiment. And when there is no fusion experiment, they just want to make a new, bigger fusion experiment. Yeah, which is what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, it's they need to protect him because. They are him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's intense. Either way. Yeah. Throw on the car. It's not just that 
okay, that's a super, super dangerous way to get somebody's attention. Even if you're, oh, I'll scare him and then get him to talk to me. Throwing a car, not the, the best way to do that. Super. He should have brought back. He should have brought back his uh, his awesome catchphrase. Whoops, Butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually thought you know that's minutes ago, t-shirt. but yeah. I I thought that was weirdly out of character. I, I, I'd forgotten <laughs> about that moment. Yeah. I was like, would he say that? He seems to be taking too much glee in this for so early on in his villainhood. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, I want. It's like it's like the one moment in this movie where he acts like the real Doctor Octopus, right? From the right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I love Doctor Octopus. It's, it's all fun, but for the tone of this movie, maybe not. Right. Maybe it should have been right. character. the yeah. conflicted yeah. guy is the more interesting. What makes him such an interesting villain? And you know, I think right. in this scene, you know, to get back to this specific minute, um, mm-hmm. we're not quite. You know, he's not quite on the scene yet, but. Um, there's a certain amount of grandstanding I think he's doing as Otto. You know, I don't necessarily yeah. think he's being just like evil Dr. Octopus. He's He's got to make a point to this guy. So I think he's kind yeah. of toughening. You know, he's like, well, I feel empowered, A. B, I need this stuff. So I'm going to grandstand a little bit. I don't think this is straight up villainy. I think he's actually got a reason to be removing his sunglasses and acting all tough and all that kind of stuff and threatening her. <laughs> so, yeah. uh some of the things in the scene make sense strategically. Like you want to intimidate a guy into giving you information. So that's what he's doing. But then there's other things that he does in this movie that are like, eh, that doesn't really fit that to me. That just seems like cartoony evil. And I know it's a car. I know it's a comic book movie, but you know, the the thing that always gets me about the car is that if he just was trying to throw the car to scare him, sure. But he throws it so low that Peter had to, grab mj and leap out of the way and even when they're on the floor the the tire almost scraped by his face and they just barely managed to be all right so if peter's a regular human he's just dead immediately there's there's no way he aimed properly uh you screwed up this shot 100 percent like yeah god fully dead (laughs) fully dead yeah you almost want uh, i'm just making this up on the the moment (laughs) so you almost want Otto to be a little bit like perturbed at himself for doing it or something just like mm, oh, yeah. like what what are you doing like talking to the arms or something you know like right. you want, yeah, you want yeah, there yeah. to be acknowledgement that this was really stupid because it is mm-hmm. it's really right. stupid like you said it, you're he thinks he's Peter Parker like nerd boy he doesn't right. this should kill him and um, get, right I mean I you know even just a even just a moment of him when he come when he strides in almost like you know genuinely apologizing to peter like oh sorry about that I, <laughs> you know these things have a mind of their own you know like that kind of that kind of thing um that because, might have been a bit much yeah <laughs> uh, yeah right yeah but like yeah i don't know it's just like yeah that was overkill i don't there could, there could have been a moment where he came in like even legitimately apologetic right and then yeah, right. when he's like like i I, these things have the mind of their own. Are you okay? And and Peter could be like, yeah. And then he just grabs him by the throat. You know, that'd be a little right. quick reversal in Ramp the scene. Up the threats. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that could have worked. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's something we would have gotten now. Like there's a lot of Definitely. times you can watch these, this movie's not 14 years old, which is insane. Um, <laughs> yep. You watch it and you go, wow, this is a completely different era um, of, yeah. of, film in general. And especially of comic book movies. Now I think yep, the writers, yeah. well, Hell, we were kind of like the writers that write movies now. Like we think that way. We're all 
you know, kind of nerdy, you know, like deep dive people yeah. that would get into the, yeah. and we might be sitting around a writer's room going, yeah, you should say this. You know, this is the kind of things I think writers say now where like Alvin Sargent isn't thinking that way, you know? So, right. um, a little bit more broad cartoony kind of behavior was, was more, I, I guess accepted back then in, in the writer's room yeah. or in the, you know, final draft of the movie, the shooting scripts. Now I think that there is a little bit more detail put in and they might've done something like we're suggesting now. If this movie yeah. Made now. Yeah. Yeah. The shot at the, at the top of this minute, which is the second half of a shot that began uh, in yesterday's minute where the car itself comes to a stop in the back of the, uh, of the cafe deli. I keep calling it a cafe. It's a deli, right? It's a cafe. Um, Cafe's good. It's the yeah, cafe. It's cafe, cafe, deli, whatever. Uh, um, a, I just like how many t- tables it smashes. Hilarious. I like how convincing the integration of the actors are that it. we get to see the full multiple flicks of the car, then it hits a wall, then lands, and then they stand up in a frame. I'm pretty sure they're, they're green screened in there, but yeah. it's really pretty seamless overall the only thing that gives it away is when we come back to this shot and they look different hair different makeup totally different right um, <laughs> there, there's a little bit of discoloration <laughs> happening on like the edges um, yeah 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 oh well, just on them i think they're colored a little differently than the background in the background um, yeah um yeah the my, lighting doesn't quite match <laughs> my favorite part of it is just that in among all the debris and detritus and everything if you look underneath the car itself there are at least four visible Apple boxes, like just straight up regular filmmaking Apple boxes for <laughs> lifting oh, and showing things. Oh, there's like just hanging out. There's C47s scattered everywhere too. You can if you look yeah. real close. <laughs> yeah, I see like a C stand back there. So I'm just throwing out like movie set stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Apple boxes is funny. I didn't even notice that, but. Yes, throw some garbage back there. I love it. Uh, These these snap zooms are uh, phenomenal. Yes, I just I I love them because they're so they're they're just they they feel um, I don't know like the way that they're moving. They feel I mean obviously they are deliberate, but they feel deliberate. Like they Mm -hmm. don't they don't feel like a like a wild crazy thing. Like the kind of snap zoom that he might have done in like the Evil Dead movies, right? right? Where it's just like uh, let's just keep trying this until I get a version that I like the best. Like these just it just feels so deliberate and and like the the speed of it and just feels so deliberate and confident and uh, precise. It's yeah, precise. It's yeah. really, it's really good. Well, and here, these are yeah. these are why I asked for these minutes. Like this has always <laughs> stuck out in my mind. Was it? Were these in the trailer? I can't even remember. Yes. I'm yes. pretty sure they were. So mm-hmm. it always stuck out in my mind. This move, and it's just like I love stuff like this. I love fun camera movement, and it's almost mm-hmm. like um, Ramy was like, uh, I got to do something to one up the the rippling water in Jurassic Park or something like yes. it was. You know, like yep. I don't think it won up. I'll I'll say this: it doesn't one up it, but it's no, really it's great. It's hard to. No. <laughs> now the, the the problem with it is not to get to the problem. I love this move, but I don't know how much there is to say about it other than it's really mm-hmm. cool. But the problem is, like, yeah. why is Doc Ock's footfall so heavy? <laughs> like, yes, I love yeah. that. I love that. There's that impact, and it's like it's movie magic impact. It's like not real impact. It's like we're using this camera move. And we're going to have a big sound. You don't necessarily have to believe that he would make that sound in real life, but it doesn't make any sense why this fairly small man with these just like arms 
sounds like a T-Rex right. coming at you, but yeah. it's great. Right. <laughs> this is not really to complain. It's a nitpick that is perfectly fine with me. It's it's perfectly yeah. fine yeah. because I want the impact of this uh, first meeting, really, of Doc. Like, he hasn't met. Well, yeah, yeah. It's never mind. Well, um, this type of face-to-face conversation with the monstrous version. Yeah, yeah. Like, Peter hasn't seen Doc Ock as a monster man yet. He only was... Wait, yeah. in, in their understanding of it, the last time Peter and Doc Ock were face-to-face was right before Peter disappeared during the fusion reaction, right? So no, Peter the, never got right. to see... The bank robbery. And right. stealing it may. And oh, yeah, that. that's right. Peter was there. That's right. That's yeah, right. that's what I was right also away. kind of sort of forgetting oh, for a second when I said that. Does, does Doc Ock know that Peter's at the bank? No, no. Those are other minutes, and I don't. But I, that's <laughs> that's one of my problems. Like going back to yesterday when we, I talked about like the repetitiveness and like there's this big long gap. I kind of feel like that could have got moved down a little bit or something. Like maybe we could have yeah. got done without Doc Ock disappears. Then we get a few beats with Peter. Then the bank robbery happens, but it happens right after. It's like so immediate and weird. And it, it yeah, happens yeah. a that he happens to be there while it's happening. Of course, mm-hmm. that's fine. I forgive that. But the fact that it happens when it does feels a little pace weird. Like it, it could have been yeah. put off a little bit and maybe the pacing of everything else would have worked out better. I wasn't going to bring that. That was the thought that went through my head yesterday, but I wasn't no, going to bring it up. No. But now that you no, mention it. No, but it's it, true that, that the, uh, I, I don't know, the way this is presented is so much like a debut or the first time mm-hmm. seeing it that my brain will forget the other times Peter has seen him because it's like reveal of the monster. Yeah. Right. It does feel that right. way. But you're right. Uh, well, does he see, he doesn't ever notice Peter at the bank though, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Right? No, 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 no. Well, and and speaking of uh the reveal of of the monster, um <laughs> uh, okay. I am I am completely baffled by how he managed to throw a car through that window without anyone seeing him. Yes. Where is he coming from? That's a big. That's a big question. Yeah, I have. They're they're completely confused. So did he throw it from around the corner? From like did the top a of a building like across shot? the street, or yeah, yeah. Well, maybe from a top of building? Because what what's crazy he about just, it? He took is, a car to the top of a building to do this. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the, what makes no sense is that like you know, ten ish seconds in, we get a shot of people like running and screaming, but they're running like from. One of the side streets that's, right. you know, a catty corner to this this uh, establishment. Um, a whole crew of them running from over there. So did, there's no way he could have thrown it around that corner and it turns in midair and then smashes through. He would have yeah. had to have been right across the street yeah. normally. Right. So was he like three blocks away and just hucked it over a bit? I don't like what is the trajectory that works? Because where is he? <laughs> a because he would have to have seen him in the window to do this in the first place yeah. b yeah. Right. we want our theory that he impulsively threw the car to work mm-hmm. so we it can't be that he threw it around a quarter that would be very premeditated <laughs> yeah here's what i mean here's the explanation mm. sam raimi's a classic he's like the ultimate b-movie director he has mm. b-movie instincts sometimes he doesn't he sometimes he doesn't care to a level <laughs> about whether the logistics work or whether, you know, it all makes perfect sense to a level that he'll just doesn't care if this scene makes sense. Like if you well, like look the at it, feeling right. is more important than the absolutely. Logic. Yeah. And even right, even yeah. the, maybe the lack of logic is a feeling he's going for in a weird way. Like they're <laughs> they're completely baffled about what's going on. Well, if 
in order to establish that uh, visually, we can't have him yeah. coming from the direction he must be coming from, or they would be seeing him. So yeah. <laughs> let's let's we negate have some logic. Run around and scream. Yeah, yeah we got. I mean, there's, there's that one dude. Fun. There's that one dude in the street that's just like standing there, just like looking around, like <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? He does like three different times. He doesn't move. Right? Yeah, I think there's some <laughs> interesting extra work in the in these scenes. But um, it's tough oh, to, yeah. to me, like he sets this all up and he goes, okay, what's Sam Raimi's mind is like, well, logically this doesn't work. That's the last thing I care about. <laughs> like I, right. my, yeah. like I said, his instincts are to make, he's always made great movies, but they've always been B movies and that's mm-hmm. cr- perfectly cool. Um, but I think that's it. Like in the end, like he's not going to throw this, this whole setup out because it doesn't make perfect visual sense, you know? <laughs> right. And, Right. I still love it. But yeah, the, watching it this yeah. one minute over and over again, I was like, yeah, wait, where is he coming from? It makes <laughs> Yeah. It really doesn't work. But whatever. It worked. It does work. Uh, it just doesn't work yeah. logically. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh speaking of things not working logically, um, I just I love the fact that Doc Ock isn't wearing a shirt, but he is wearing gloves. Um, <laughs> I don't I think a shirt would really chafe. I mean, look around the the kind of harness <laughs> that the the, the the tentacles the arms are holding he wore it's really irritating he wore a shirt to the to the bank he wore a shirt and a cravat to the bank robbery yeah but that was yeah. days before i mean that thing has really started <laughs> the 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 injury around if you look closely it's like really chafed and gross around the yeah, harness yeah. and it's like oh, i bet you now he's starting to like you know that's their excuse for having the the old doc Ock. i mean i love the body type they went for with Alfred Molina. Um, you know, that's <laughs> when I first saw this movie, I didn't, I wasn't like super familiar. Uh, I'd never really read Spider-Man comics, but the, over oh. the years I've become much more familiar with Dr. Octopus and what kind of character he is. I'm like, Oh, that makes much more sense than I originally thought. Um, <laughs> he's even, he's even more fit than a lot of <laughs> Dr. Octopus yeah, that you yeah, see in the, yeah. um, but I, I love it. But yeah, I'm thinking that's why the no shirts got, is like that looks really yeah. painful. I don't know how much longer he was oh. going to be able to go with uh, getting that checked out again. He's he's done keeping up appearances. You know, he's at the point where he's like a cackling monster who like scares people when there's like thunder cr- claps in the, on you know rooftops in the middle of the night. Like, right. I don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't need the hat and cravat anymore. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just trench coat guy. Uh, yeah. I, I love it when he finally does enter. The first thing he does is smash a table for no reason. I just love it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And take that. Um, Peter Parker. Uh, great. Um, yeah, no, Ock is really rough with Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too much. Uh, I mean, it, it works. It's great. It's just... It, I, I'm always surprised at what things in this movie feel violent and the way he drags Peter across the room and smashes a table with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. That feels violent. And I think it, I yeah. think it backs up your, your raw id theory here, because like mm, I was saying, yeah. I think Otto Octavius as an intelligent individual knows that he's going to have to be tough with this kid. But yeah, but when that information feeds into the arms, the arms are going to go. Yeah, let's be tough with this kid. Let's throw him around and like <laughs> very violently, you know, grab him by the neck. And I, so I think that that works. Yeah, it, he's doing what he means to do, but it's going overboard like everything else. Like everything he's doing right. is a, is a little too far. The car is way too far. It's not just a little too far. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that backs up that theory. I think so. Yeah. Um, when he says. Uh, <laughs> Peter Parker, 
and the girlfriend. There's this weird... It's like a dark little inversion of his uh, love life advice talk from earlier where, like, he's kind of proud of Peter, even through all the warp, violent tentacle conditioning. He's just like, oh, yeah. the girlfriend. Oh, like he's... We haven't caught yeah. up in a while, Peter. Look at you type of thing. It's just the right kind of sleazy. Uh, it makes yeah. me uncomfortable and also, like... Uh, yeah, Molina's good. Like, he's good at this. Well, it's also with leverage. Like, as soon as he sees her, he goes, aha. But right. as, soon as, oh, he, yeah. as soon as he tells me no, I know exactly how to get to him. So I think right. there's a little of both for sure. Yeah. We get some good Elfman. Elfman comes in here. Uh, well, That's right bad. before, his, before, I guess. But as he's approaching. His, uh... His Ock theme is great. Yeah, I mean, it's like so one good. of the only pieces of original music he wrote for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it is is uh, remixed and regurgitated from the first film. Um, but the Doc Ock theme is new, and it's uh, it's really good. It is. Yeah. He's really yeah. good. I I still adore Danny Elfman as a composer. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think as I get older, even, I like him more. I think he starts to... F- like, maybe the... Uh, Nature of time makes him kind of slide down into my nostalgia zone even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I know I'm older than you, Scott. I trust I'm older than Zach as well. Like, I saw yeah, Batman probably. in mm-hmm. high school. You know, I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's not the same nostalgia as, say, John Williams' Star Wars theme. But it's yeah. starting to kind of creep down there. Like, these sounds are starting to feel more and more like going back home. You know, the, the, the kind of sound yeah. that he gets. And I realized that he's really, it's like Goldsmith and Williams and Elfman um, mm-hmm. are the three like real, like, like feels like you're going back home when you hear their scores. Um, yeah, I'm not necessarily yeah. saying they're all the best, but in that sense, no. they are the best. They just like, they make you feel that nostalgia. And I don't know, Elfman's is so amazing at capturing certain things in, in different kinds of movies too. But right. you're right. I think the theme here, like it really struck me, even though it's blended kind of tightly in with the sound effects and the, it's not really on the surface that much. It's still real impactful in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has that same because sort of, of all like, the impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly. true. Yeah, yeah. Hard hitting notes to go with yep. the uh, <laughs> thundering footsteps. Mm. Um, and then we do get the uh, glasses moment that was <laughs> mentioned. Before. Right. I love it. Uh, also, Peter's nice and sweaty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think maybe they overdid it on the sweat just a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of sweat. Very quickly um, sweaty. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, him, him saying, uh, I'm going to peel the flesh off her bones is uh, very descriptive. And uh, do we do we really believe that he would do that? Really? I I don't think so. Uh, I think I think he's just trying to be as threatening as he can be with all of his you know fancy pants newfound homicidal energy. But I mm-hmm. I, I doubt he would physically like eviscerate this woman. I. Would, There's still a lot of auto in there, right? Right. I think he would impulsively throw her off of something. That would be the yeah. the way he would kill her. I do. Yes, right. I don't think that he's gonna peel her skin off. 
<laughs> that's that's <laughs> completely absurd. But he's into like tough guy mode, like we said. You know, he's here to threaten. Right. He wants to. He wants yeah. it to hit home. He's not going to say, "I'm going to throw off a bridge and maybe I'll have to make a couple of choices there, like catch me <laughs> or catch her." You know, he's not going to say anything like that. But um, it's a good threat. It's it is impactful. Like when I was watching with my kid, I was like, "Oh, I hope he doesn't ask me about that because that's kind of a gross image." But uh, yeah. <laughs> like what he. Can like, somebody do that, Dad? I'm like, uh, no, no, they can't. That can't be done. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, the imagery is horrendous, but it, you kind of get away with it because it's just referenced and not doesn't actually happen. But the right that is some <laughs> that is some schlocky gore stuff right there to be you know, peel yeah. the flesh. From I mean, the that's <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that like a deadite would threaten to yeah. do to Ash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interesting let me ask about uh, the, so, about the sunglasses real quick the sunglasses moment. okay yeah, yeah did you guys go into um you know the hand that kept grabbing the hors d'oeuvres Is, was that anybody in particular every time that scene back in the early scenes when he's the photographer <laughs> at the high society dinner there's always yeah, that yeah. hand that comes in and grabs the champagne or grabs the hors d'oeuvre and i i always thought this was like the third beat of that in some weird way like it had to be the same stage hand like pa that oh that, <laughs> That man, the little uh, dog thing to grab. It's just, it's just classic it rabies stuff. A hand coming in out of frame suddenly, you know, it, it kind was, of thing. It's, it was different. Um, it was different. Two, two of them were different. The last one that happened was Sam Raimi himself. That's what I assume. Because uh, you, yeah, because you, you see him. You actually see him grab the thing and then walk into the crowd, and you can, you can see, see it back of his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always <laughs> when you see things like that in a Sam Raimi movie, you kind of assume it was probably him or something. There's always like a little funny. Yeah story about extras or using it himself being an extra or Bruce Campbell's it could right. have been Bruce Campbell that grabbed it or whatever you know that kind of yeah. thing Sam is uh Sam is also in the closet pushing the brooms out at Toby oh. um <laughs> that- and he's the guy he's he's the guy who who walks by him uh and hits him in the the head with the book bag um right. on the campus uh, yeah yeah on the campus when he's tying his shoes yeah. It's fun. Uh, um, yeah. No, and they have one of the um, the only female puppeteer that they had for the Doc Ock tentacles this is one that operates uh, the top right tentacle. They called the the tentacle flow because mm-hmm. she was the only female one, and she does the precision stuff like this. It's a good moment. It's it sells all the other. Again, it's it's a little beat like this with the practical puppet actually grabbing something, and you can tell it's real sells all of the bigger wilder stuff that's yeah. happening around it with the tentacles it's- oh God. that's like the number one refrain like most repeated thing on aliens minute was selling the effects selling the effect you got to do something you know that was what james cameron did sam raimi's another one we talked about it a little bit yesterday really good at selling these like kind of i, I hate to say it like some of these effects are so dated and i think at yeah, the right. time he, you know he was a smart guy and he knew well i got to use this stuff but mm-hmm. i know how to set it up and and sell the idea first so i think you're right zach i think that's uh, you know these little moments are what makes all the other stuff kind of okay but if he was if right. he was constantly leaning on the computer graphic computer computer generated stuff um yeah yeah that's when you're just never like where the, maybe the matrix like second matrix maybe you might have had a problem for instance <laughs> sure. um yeah. but yeah. you know this was a little bit better use of all that stuff in my opinion because you got to mix it up a little bit yeah yeah for sure um i also really like the the bags under alfred Molina's eyes 
here. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he pulls those sunglasses away, and it's like, oh, that's why you were wearing those. Jesus. <laughs> um, rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like he hasn't slept in weeks. Um, that's what you assume, right? He, th- he probably doesn't yeah. sleep. Those right. things don't let him sleep, probably. Does he even right. say something about that? I, I don't know why. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good touch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's good. Then, uh, then we get and then the he throw. throws him into a wall. Yeah. And that, Oof. again, he should be dead. Yep. Um, yeah. If he was a regular human, he would be dead. That is, I mean, the wall behind him broke and it's brick. <laughs> it's, he crushed brick. Like, right, there's, there's levels to it, right? It's like, okay, A, you throw him away. You can hurt the the poor fella if you toss him away. Uh, you know, even if it's not that far. But he throws him all the way across the room. Okay, that's that's too much. That's too much, Doc Ock. He's gonna break a leg, then he won't be able to track down Spider Man. He doesn't just throw him across the room. He doesn't just throw him. He doesn't just throw him across the room. He throws him across the room into a wall. Okay, he's definitely, definitely seriously injured and or dead now. No, he throws him. He throws him across the room. He throws him into a wall, and the wall breaks, and yeah. then. A, the, the ceiling falls on him. So yeah. he really... And then he leaves. And the doctor, he's, he's not concerned. He's, just, he's like, he'll yeah. be all right. He's probably fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should be like, oh, man, wait. Uh, sorry, man. Um, are you going to be able to do this for me still? Would she know <laughs> and, where Spider-Man is? A, Maybe she could just help me. <laughs> he's got to recover from his injuries in time to find track down Spider-Man and get him to meet Doc Ock within an hour and five minutes that's right because the time on the wall from yesterday right yeah oh. it's it's 155 he has to meet him at three <laughs> man yeah that's a tough time to, you, new york man it's really hard to get anywhere in less than an hour right <laughs> so um that's a real challenge man that's a really especially seeing yeah. he, he said he didn't know where he was it makes you. It's a, it makes you wonder if Doc a, Ock doesn't know Spider-Man or suspect. I know, too, yeah, because because I I feel like it would be a challenge for him, even if he even if you know he was Spider-Man. I mean, he is, but like it's it'd be a challenge to hit that mark if you yourself were Spider-Man, let alone having to track the guy down who has gone missing. Yeah. Yeah, and get him to get there on time. Uh, it's crazy. It's how crazy. long? How long do we think Spider Man's been missing? Because it's like, like if you okay, Peter Parker knows Spider Man. He'll know where to find him. Like, yeah, sure, maybe if Spider Man went missing on Saturday, but he's right. been missing. I think, for a long time, right? Yeah, I think we said, didn't we say through th- like two months or something like that? Yeah, basically like two two ish months is what the. Is what the uh, montage, the, the, oh, right. the yeah, raindrops on your head montage is? We got like another date get, after the uh, season right. opener for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Right. You so get dates on the on the newspapers, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. check it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's cause, cause the other, cause the other reason is that, um, the night that he loses his powers entirely is the night that she gets engaged mm-hmm. and then she was just... Uh, receiving RSVPs the night before, so right. two months minimum mm-hmm. uh, is is the the period of time because that would be a really fast turnaround. Otherwise, it's already a quick wedding, and it's, right, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. Anyway, Peter's dead. Peter's uh, dead, hundred <laughs> percent. John, thanks for thanks for joining us on our last minute yeah. of uh, the podcast. It's a sad day. Uh, credits roll tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Directed by Sam Raimi. <laughs> Just Peter dies. He gets covered in bricks. Smash cut to credits. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Or you just, or you watch as as Doc Ock carries Mary Jane away, and you just play the curb your enthusiasm music. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Well, uh, we've got we've got more to talk about uh, in tomorrow's minute. Uh, in the meantime, go check out our T Public store, duelinggenre.com slash merch. You can uh, buy our original T-shirts with our, like, logos and stuff on it. Um, But you could also buy anything else that you want in uh, TeePublic through that link, and we get get a little little piece of the pie. Yeah. Doesn't uh, cost you guys anything, but it does help us out. And uh, so if you're you're planning on getting anything from TeePublic, do it through our link, and uh, we'll, we'll, you'll help us out in the process. It'll be great. Uh, that's duelinggenre.com slash merch, and we will be back tomorrow with Minute 93. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.